This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So just when I think that my bad predictions are always left in March, um, one has reared its ugly head in late April, which is that the Milwaukee Bucks have been eliminated uh, a couple weeks ago. I had them in making the NBA Finals, losing to the Suns. So, um, yeah, that dream is dashed along with every single one that I do for my bracket in March Madness. But, um... Yeah, so the Heat become the fifth team in NBA history to beat a number one seed in the first round for the fifth eighth seed to beat a one seed. So uh, I wanted to look throughout the history of eights beating ones and see what the history is and maybe is there a pattern anywhere. There kind of is one, but at the same time, I mean, anything can happen. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into it. All right, so when it comes to number ones losing to eights, it's happened four times before, obviously, now that the Heat have been the fifth. First one was in 1994. The Nuggets beat the Supersonics. 1999, the Knicks beat the Heat. 2007, the Warriors beat the Mavericks in the We Believe Warriors whole thing going on. And in 2011, the Grizzlies topped the Spurs. So, initial thoughts on what happened with these teams. 1994 and 1999, we'll go into it more in detail, but they were aided by first-round series only being five games. So, it's a best of five, so you only have to win three. To be fair, though, the Nuggets were down 2-0, and they came back to win. The Knicks won games one and three and then had to clutch it up in game five. But still, I mean, that's one less game you have to win, and that's overall two less games in the long run you have to worry about. So, are they're, they're still important, 100%. I mean, the, the – Famous shot of Dikembe basically crying and laughing on the floor because, you know, it was the first eight seed to beat a one. It's an incredible moment. But when you go into how hard is it for other teams, 07, 11, and 23 have that advantage. Um, the Warriors only took six games to beat the Mavericks. So it's kind of in that same area, but, you know, it took another game, and, you know, if. Well, let's see here. The Warriors took three of the first four games, so they would have won if it was a best of five. 2011 also only took six games. Memphis took three of the first four. So, again, it'd be, if it was the same, all the results would be the same. None of them have ever been to a game seven. And obviously, I mean the Heat. They did. They did in the Bucks in five, um, and the Heat won three of the first four games. So again, all I mean a bunch of three-one wins. If 
the layout was the same. Can't really say what the Nuggets or the Knicks would have done if the layout was a seven-game series in the first round. Um, I don't know. Someone tells me that would be easier for them to win just that one more game than the Sonics or the Heat having to win those extra two. So for sure, um, it was still important events. I mean, again, that thing of Dikembe is awesome. So 94, we'll go into it. Game one, the Nuggets get blown out. 106-82. Not a lot of production coming from the Nuggets. Their leading scorers, Bison Dele, coming off the bench with 15. LaFonso Elson, Dikembe Mutombo each have 12. And then Reggie Williams had 11, only in 18 minutes for a starter. The Sonics, on the other hand, were clicking on all cylinders. Uh, Detlef Shrimp led the way with 21. Gary Payton just behind him at 20. Sean Kemp had 16. And then coming off the bench, Ricky Pierce had 13, and Vincent Askew had 11. And I'm just saying, based on paper, I don't know how this Nuggets team won. Because, like, the most recognizable names coming off for the Nuggets are Dikembe. You can throw Lafonso in there. Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf is up there for sure. Robert Pack coming off the bench. That's really about it for recon- for recognizing these guys. The Sonics, they have the trio of Peyton, Kemp, and Shrimp. They have Michael Cage starting with the Jerry Curl. Nate McMillan. Coming off the bench, Sam Perkins, Sleepy Sam, Ricky Pierce, who I already mentioned, Irvin Johnson, not Magic, but the other one. Uh, Steve Scheffler, I mean, he went to Purdue, so I recognize him. But I do not know how this Nuggets team did it. Especially after losing 106-82 in game one. Like, this is crazy to me. Then we move on to game two. They Nuggets, again, they lost. I mean, they were down 2-0. 97-87, a little bit of a closer game. Lafonso at 18. Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf had 15. Dikembe had 14 in 35 minutes. Rodney Rogers had 17 off the bench for the Nuggets. Then it comes the Supersonics. Almost the whole starting lineup scored in double figures, except for Michael Cage. Payton had 18, Shrimp had 15, Kemp had 13, Kendall Gill had 11. And then off the bench, Sam Perkins and Ricky Pierce had 12 each. And even McMillan and Vincent Askew had six each. Enough for the 10-point difference. We go on to game three. The Nuggets kind of get some revenge in the blowout category, 110 to 93. Uh, let's see here. Devla Shrimp had 18. Sam Perkins had 17 off the bench. Uh, Kendall Gill had 15. Ken- Sean Kemp had 10 for Sonics. Gary Payton only was 7. We did have 5 assists. So I'm not sure what the plus minus was on that. Um, then the Nuggets. <clears throat> Reggie Williams drops 31. In 39 minutes. Uh, Dikembe had 19 in 41 minutes. Bryant Stiff had 12. 
Mahmoud Abdul-Ralph had 10. And the Nuggets are changing their lineup. Like, Roddy Rogers in, then he's out. Uh, Bryant Stiff is in. Reggie Williams is in and out. Um, I think Mark Randall or Tom Hammonds may have gotten a start at one point. Roddy Rogers had 15 off the bench, and Robert Pack had 11 off the bench. So, a good comeback. I think the series goes 2-2-1 at this time. So two games in Seattle, two games in Denver, and then the last game in Seattle. Next game, game four. Nuggets obviously take the win, 94-85. They had the win out, so now the series is tied at 2-2 after this. The Sonics still had a really good game. Detlef Shrimp and Gary Payton had 20 each. Sean Kemp had 16 in 48 minutes. Kendall Gill had 10. Not a lot of production off the bench. That's probably what killed them in this game. So then, in this game, LaFonso picks up the slack for the Nuggets. He had 27. Then it's Brian Stiff of 15. Reggie Williams of 12. Dikembe only had 10, but he had eight blocks. Amazing. And then Robert Pack coming off the bench had 13. They only went three deep on their bench in this game. It's usually like five. And then the last game. Nuggets take this one, 98-94 in Seattle. On May 7th, 1994. For the Nuggets, LaFonso had 19. Reggie Williams had 11. Brian Stiff had 10. Dikembe, 8 points, 8 blocks, 15 rebounds. Bison Daly had 17 off the bench. And then huge for the Nuggets, Robert Pack. 23 off the bench, incredible for Robert Pack. I mean, that's someone that doesn't get talked about enough. He was an incredible dunker for his size, even. And not even for his size, just for like an NBA player. He was a really good dunker, a solid point guard. I mean, especially as a backup, you'll take him. He's backing up Mahmoud abdul Ralph for sure. And even the Sonics, they still had kind of a good game. Uh, Kendall Gill had 22, Detlef Shrimp 19, Sean Kemp with 19, Gary Payton with 14, Michael Cage only had one point in 17 minutes, so maybe that was what took him out. They only lost by four. Then Sam Perkins came off the bench with 11 in 38 minutes. Why not just start Sam Perkins? That's my question. Then, ooh, Nate McMillan only had two points in 20 minutes. Not great. And he had two assists, one turnover, three rebounds. Not great. So that's the first one ever. Nuggets had to come back. They had to win out. Uh, I think that's one of the more incredible things to watch is that a team, when they have to win out, because they will throw everything at you. Because there's no tomorrow if you lose. So you got to do it. I witnessed that last year. Our softball team here at Trine had a couple slip-ups they slipped up in their first couple games. They went 0-7 when they were in Florida and Georgia. And then um, they went on a tear. And then they dropped a couple games in conference. And then it was coming down to the last couple weeks. And the, to be in the NCAA tournament, to have a chance, you had to win out. And that's exactly what they did. And it was some of the most fun sports. Like anything in sports I've ever watched, that team just throwing everything at you, just 
doing what they do best, but doing it so aggressively because they lose. It's not in your hands anymore, and that's when it gets scary in college athletics. When it's not in your hands and you may have the right resume, but in other people's eyes, you can't. You may not have the right resume. So, yeah, I love watching when teams have literally nothing to lose by just going out and playing. Like, hey, go out there. Well, they have, well there's a bunch of things to lose, on, uh, honestly. Like, your whole season ends. But it's just like, hey, just go out and play. Let's just do it. We have to win. Let's just take it to them. That's exactly what they did. Incredible. So now we'll go to 99. The Knicks almost choked this one out. And in game one, they went 95 to 75 over the Heat. The big time Knicks Heat rivalry. Uh, let's see here. Allen Houston, 22 for the Knicks. Larry Johnson had 15. Latrell Sprewell had 22 off the bench. And Marcus Camby had 11 off the bench. Patrick Ewing was extremely effective. He had only had nine points with a plus minus of plus 27. Incredible. Uh, he had four blocks, 15 rebounds, one assist, one steal for Patrick Ewing, and only one turnover and only two fouls. For the Heat, Alonzo Mourning came up big, dropping 27, but there's not much outside of that. Tim Hardaway had... Only had 10, and he had a plus-minus of negative 28 with three assists and four turnovers. Had four steals, though. And then off the bench, Vashon Lennard had 11. Not great for the Heat, but they had the chance to come back, and that's exactly what they did in their home set. And that's the most important with the playoffs. You steal a game, you steal an away game, the odds are way more in your favor. And I know it's obvious to say, but I think it's something that goes unnoticed or like unmentioned. You steal a game from a team that you make their job 10 times harder. Cause now they go into your place and they try to steal a game. If you're really good at home, they're not stealing a game from you. You got to road wins are imperative in the playoffs. So Nick's got one. Now the Heat take back game two, 83-73. Uh, still decent production for the Knicks, but obviously not enough. Uh, Patrick Ewing at 16 had a plus-minus of zero, which I guess is good in a loss. Uh, Larry Johnson at 13, Allen Houston at 12, Latrell Sprewell had 15 off of the bench for the Heat. Alonzo, again, coming up big, 26 points. P.J. Brown at 12, Jamal Mashburn at 11, and Terry Porter coming off the bench with 11. Wow, Terry Porter. You know what? Now I think back to I think he was either a part of the all-prime heat or he was really close to getting on, which a lot of people were really close to getting on those all-prime rosters. So, yeah, uh, heat take back game Two. Now we go to the Garden. Knicks take game three. 97-73. These are not even close. When, when they when the Knicks lose, it's 
pretty close, except for the next game, of course. Um, the Heat. Alonzo Mourning was held to 18. Jamal Mashburn at 14. And then Vashawn Leonard had 13 off the bench in eight minutes. That's that's really good, actually. The Knicks. Latrell Sprewell came off the bench with 20. Marcus Camby also had 13 off the bench. Allen Houston at 18. And Patrick Ewing had 15. Enough to get the win. Let's go to game four. In four, Heat take one back, 87-72. So now the ball is in the Knicks' court. They have to go and win at Miami. Alonzo at 16, Tim Hardaway at 14, Terry Porter at 16 off the bench, Clarence Weatherspoon, shout out to Clarence Weatherspoon, talked about him last week in the Space Jam episode, had 14, and Vashawn Leonard had 10. He only did in 20 minutes, so maybe he's only great in shorter uh, playtime. For a Knicks, it's spread out pretty well, but not enough. Clearly, Larry Johnson, Patrick Ewing each had 11. Allen Houston, Charlie Ward had 12. And then Latrell Sprewell only had 10 off the bench. You need a lot more from your bench because outside Latrell, there's only 10 points coming off the bench. Marcus Camby, Chris Giles had four, and then Rick Brunson had two. So not ideal for the Knicks at home when you come off the bench. You need more than 20 points. Game five, the deciding game. Knicks take this one 78 to 77 in Miami. Patrick Ewing finished with 22, Larry Johnson with 13, Allen Houston with 12, and Latrell Sprewell had 14 off the bench. Latrell coming off the bench is a, a play for sure. He played 37 minutes. That's great. Then for the Heat, Tim Hardaway only getting nine and eight assists, which four turnovers really hurts. Alonzo at 21, P.J. Brown, Jamal Mashburn each had 16, and then there's only 12 points off the bench for the Heat. Bench points were the factor in this one. Terry Porter had seven, Clarence Weatherspoon only had two, and then Vashawn Lennard had three. So there's that, and he played did that in 13 minutes, so maybe the shorter playing time doesn't matter for Vashawn Leonard, Lennard. Um, yeah, 78-77, the Knicks make it all the way. I forgot to mention, um, the Nuggets made it all the way. They only made it to the second round. They couldn't get past, I think it was the Jazz. 99, the Knicks make it to the finals. What does that say about the Heat? I don't know. I mean, this year's Heat? No idea. But yeah. Knicks make it all the way to the finals. We, I don't know. We'll have to see if that can be done again. 07. Warriors take game one, 97-85 over the Mavericks. Baron Davis, monster game, 33. Steven Jackson at 23. Jason Richardson at 13. Then Matt Barnes had 10 off the bench. Only 14 points come off the bench for the Warriors, but when Baron Davis and Steven Jackson combine for 56 points, you're probably fine. For the Mavericks, very spread out, but only four points coming off the bench. Desanga Jop having four. 
Josh Howard had 21. Dirk Nowitzki only had 14. Jason Terry had nine, had 17, excuse me. Devin Harris had 19. And Devian George with 10. You need more from Dirk. And I think this was where, after this series where the Dirk slander kind of came in, because, I mean, he won MVP in 06, or maybe it was 07. One year, he won MVP, and then, you know, the Mavericks blow a lead against the Heat in the finals. Dirk comes out. I have to find out. 2007 NBA MVP. Okay, that was since Tony Parker. I was about to flip out a regular season. Regular season MVP in 07 was Dirk Nowitzki. So, yeah, you have the MVP and then he loses in the first round. That's where the Dirk slander comes in, which is something I don't support. But it was something that was going on back then. Dallas comes back, though. They win 112-99. to Steven Jackson had 30. Monte Ellis had 20. Baron Davis had kind of an off night with 13 compared to his 33 in the, in the other night. Jason Richardson had 14 and then off the bench. Pretty even scoring, but not enough. There's, let's see, 12, 16, 17 points. Not great. Then for the Mavericks, huge scoring performances from Jason Terry at 28, Josh Howard 22, Dirk had 23, Devin Harris had 15, Jerry Stackhouse huge with 17 points off the bench by himself. So that will make up the difference right there for sure. Game three. Warriors take this one, 109-91. Dirk had 20 and along with Josh Howard, and then Jason Terry had 14. Jerry Stackhouse had 10 off the bench. Warriors. Jason Richardson takes his turn to get 30 points. He drops it. He drops exactly 30. Baron Davis has 24. Steven Jackson with 16. Monte Ellis with 14. And Andres Beadrens with 10. There you go. Andres. There you go. Um then Matt Barnes and Al, Al Harrington each had seven off the bench, really. And then Michael Petras had one off the bench. So bench points wasn't there, but it was more than enough with Jason Richardson dropping 30. Game four. Warriors take this one again, 103-99. Now, see, here's the thing. Warriors have the second two games at home. They take them both. It's that much easier for them to get, you know, one of the – Next few, in which I think they win their last game at home, so that really did matter for them. Uh, and this one, Dirk had 23, Josh Howard 22, Jason Terry 19. Jerry Stackhouse tried to will the team to a win, which uh, lost at 24 off the bench. Wasn't enough. Baron Davis again drops 33. Jason Richardson has 22. Steven Jackson 19. And Michael Petrus, 8-16 off the bench. I think this is the game where Baron Davis absolutely slams it down on the Mavericks, and then he pulls up his jersey, and you see the girdle. I think this is this game, because it was at Golden State when that happened. But it could be Game 7. I don't know. Either way, that was a great moment. <laughs> that girdle's hilarious <laughs> looking back at it. Um, let's see, Game 5. Back in Dallas, they take this one 118-112. 
Uh, Baron Davis tried to will it to a win with 27. Jason Richardson at 23. Steven Jackson, 16. Matt Barnes had 16 off the bench, and Michael Petras had uh, 11 off the bench. Dirk dropped 30 in this game. Taking back the, what What were you saying about me? What, what were you going to say? That I'm not the MVP? Okay. Josh Howard, 23. Devin Harris, 16. Jason Terry and Desanga, Jop, each had 11. And then Jerry Stackhouse had 15 off the bench. Jerry Stackhouse has been huge in this series for the Mavericks so far. Game six. Not even close. Warriors win 111 to 86. And this is this is what makes this one so important. I think when we go through history of the NBA, we think of, you know, eights beating ones. We think of the Nuggets, and then we think of the Warriors. Nuggets were the first one to do it, period. Warriors are the first ones to do it in a game seven. And it's in a best of seven series. And again, I touched on that earlier. A way more it's way harder to do. There's definitely I mean, in a game, in a series of five, there's, like, less room for error. But in game seven, you do have to win that other game. So, again, Warriors take this one, 111-86. Josh Howard had 20. Jason Terry and Devin Harris each had 13. Jerry Stackhouse had 20 off the bench. And Morris Ager had 10 off the bench. Dirk only had eight in 38 minutes, a plus-minus of minus 25. He had 10 rebounds, two assists, a steal, three turnovers. Not great. Then for the Warriors, what's up with all these 33-point games? Steven Jackson drops 33. Baron Davis has 20. Matt Barnes has 16. They switch up the starting lineup. Jason Richardson at 15. Andres Biedrens had 12. And then off the bench, Petrus had 8. Monte Ellis had 4. Kalena as as a book as a BK or as a Buki had two, excuse me. Then Josh Powell had one for a total of 15 points off the bench. Did not matter. Again, when you're when Steven Jackson, Baron Davis are going for 50, you don't really need that much production off the bench, do you? So there's that series. Then we go to 2011. Memphis. San Antonio, Memphis steals game one right away at Memphis. That's what's most important. You take game one, now they're, now like San Antonio, obviously, I mean, they're down 1-0. It's their job now to win. You know, you got the lead. It's now on them to either tie it or eventually overtake that lead. For the Grizzlies, in the 101-98 win, Zach Randolph, Zebo out of Indiana's very own. 25, Marcus Solid, 24, Mike Conley, 15. I miss these Grizzlies so much. Tony Allen in the starting line. Sam Young started for some reason. OJ Mayo, 13 off the bench, and Shane Battier had 10 off the bench. Then for the Spurs, Tony Parker had 20. George Hill, or Tim Duncan had 16. George Hill had 15. Richard Jefferson at 13, and then off the bench, Matt Bonner had 12, and Gary Neal had 10. Game two, 93-87 Spurs. So again, Grizzlies take care of business game one. Spurs tie it up game two, but 
Games three and four. Now you got to go to Memphis and play. And Memphis is kind of a tough place to play, especially at this time. The grit and grind Grizzlies were a force to deal with. So in a 93-87 victory for the Spurs, the Grizzlies had even scoring production, but not enough. Sam Young being your leading scorer of 17 is not going to win you games. Tony Allen at 15, again, that's not going to win you games with him being your second leading scorer. Uh, Mike Conley at 13, Gasol at 12, and Zebo had 11. For the Spurs, Mono Ginobili at 17, Tim Duncan and Richard Jefferson each at 16, Tony Parker at 12, and then George Hill at 16 off the bench, switching up that lineup a little bit. Game three. Now you're in Memphis, and I'm just going to spoil it for you. Memphis takes the next two games at home. So, Spurs lose this one, 91-88 against the Grizzlies. Mauro Ginobili tried to will the way with 23. Tony Parker had 16. Tim Duncan had 13. And then George Hill had 11. Zebo comes up big for the Grizzlies, scoring 25. Marcus Hall at 17. Mike Conley at 14. And OJ Mayo at 10 off the bench. Game four. This one's pretty ugly. 104 86 Grizzlies. Tony Parker scored 23. Mono Ginobili had 14. Tim Duncan only had six. Had seven rebounds, two assists. A block, two turnovers. Not great for Timmy D. Uh, and then George Hill, Tiago Splitter, each had 10 off the bench, and Gary Neal had 11 off the bench. For the Grizzlies. A big help from the bench here. Mike Conley had 15. Zebo had 11, Tony Allen had 12, but coming off the bench, Shane Battier had 9, OJ Mayo had 11, so there's already 20 points off the bench. Daryl Arthur had 14, so there's 24, or excuse me, 34 off the bench. Grievous Vasquez scores 9, so make it 45 points off the bench. Ish Smith putting on 4, and then Leon Poe with 2. Huge for the Grizzlies in that one. Game five. Now we're going to go back to San Antonio. Spurs are down 2-1 at this point now. No, 3-1 at this point now. They take this game in San Antonio 110-103. For the Grizzlies, Zebo at 26, Mike Conley at 20, Gasol at 11, Sam Young at 18, and then O.J. Mayo was the highest off the bench with nine. Not great. They only had 21 points off the bench. Spurs. Big game from Manu, had 33. Tony Parker at 24. Tim Duncan at 13. And George Hill had 12 off the bench. Again, when your top two leading scorers are scoring 50. Almost damn, really close to 60. You know you're in good hands. Game six. This is all she wrote. For the Spurs, as the Grizzlies take this one in Memphis, 99-91. Let's see here. For the Spurs, Tony Parker at 23. Mono Ginobili at 16. Timmy D at 12, 12, excuse me, and then Antonio McDice had 10. And then off the bench, Matt Bonner led the way with nine further bench points. 
Zebo again, huge night for the Grizzlies. Had 31. And then Marcus Saw had 12. Tony Allen, 11. Grievous Vasquez having 11 off the bench. But that 31 from Zebo is more than enough to do in the Spurs to be the fourth eight seed, be the fourth one seed to lose to an eight seed. And yeah, so in 07, the Warriors only able made it to only made it to the second round, and then the Grizzlies also only made it to the second round. So, what about the Heat? Twenty twenty three Heat. What happens? I mean, we're seeing big performances from Jimmy Butler. Game one, he had thirty five. Uh, let's see here. Bucks took game two. Jimmy still had 25 in a 16-point loss, so, you know, needs to you know, feel like he needs, like, all right, I got to pick up the slack here. Game three. I'll scroll down. 30. We didn't see, like, these kind of, I guess, like, maybe Steven Jackson in 07. Or maybe Baron Davis kind of had an off night every now and then. There wasn't a consistent guy. Hey, here's our guy. He's going to get us buckets. Game four, 56, an incredible performance. And that was for a five-point win. Amazing. And then last night in the two-point victory, Jimmy had 42. Yeah, so an incredible, an incredible run for Jimmy Butler. Can he sustain it? I don't know. We've seen him do it before in the bubble. He had huge performances. But, again, I don't – it's tough to – it's tough enough to score 50 and then 40 in the same series. But And then, you know, asking him to keep on doing that as I think now they're going to face, like, Philadelphia? Let me look up. Give me one second here because I'm trying to think, like, you know, depending on who they play next, who's going to guard Jimmy. There's game one. There's the whole series. And now let me get to here. And that doesn't show me the bracket. So NBA playoffs. Bracket. Click on that. Okay, so the the Heat are gonna play the Knicks. Ooh, bring that matchup back from I guess '99 and a ton of other years where they played. Um, I think Jimmy can do it against the Knicks. I have no faith in the Knicks. I mean, I didn't have them getting out of the first round. I had the Cavaliers pretty handily in that. That didn't happen. So I would have them against the Knicks, but, you know, going to the Garden is always tough. And maybe the fans will incite that rivalry again. So who knows? It could be that much tougher. Um, So if they move past that, then they're going up against either the Celtics or the Sixers. 
which I don't like. I think I like it more. I think I like them more against the Celtics than I do the Sixers. Um, but then again, Joel Embiid is injured, so they probably will play this. I don't know about this. the Celtics will win that one. Um, I don't know. You could see him go to the finals. I mean, th- I think that this whole core is uh, is definitely a core that can make it. They don't have Tyler Hero for a little bit, so that could hurt, but they did just beat the Bucks without him. But the Bucks were without Giannis for a little bit. I don't know, man. We, I mean, this team, pretty much the same core, made the finals in the bubble, losing to the Lakers. I mean, they put up a really good fight against the Lakers. I mean, if it wasn't for Goran Dragic being injured and Bam Adebayo being injured, I think the Heat take that finals. I've said it before. Um, I don't think that's an incredible hot take at all. I think that the Heat, they were on that run. I mean, they were pretty much unstoppable in that. You know, if they were able to contain AD and LeBron, they had a shot. And that's the same with Jimmy. I mean, he's also a really good defender. But, um, yeah, and, and now in that core, they add Kyle Lowry, Kevin Love, two guys who have won championships, know what it takes to get there. Like, I mean, Lowry did it for one year, but, I mean, he's been he's a veteran. He knows the league enough, and, you know, you make it to the finals once as the starting point guard. You you know what it takes. Kevin Love, I mean, he went to the finals for four years straight, won in 2016. Um, I think this is a really good core for them to go with. Are those guys as productive as, you know, they should be? Lowry's still kind of up there. Kevin Love, I mean, we knew he wasn't going to be the Kevin Love of old. Uh, I mean, he's taken such a drastic change even from his Minnesota days that he's not the same. And, yeah, you know, it's just weird, you know, with how can this team make it so far as the eighth seed, and yet, you know, they probably shouldn't be an eighth seed to begin with because, I mean, they're so talented. I mean, the the fact they had the play in and they beat the Bucs is impressive enough to me. I think they can go all the way. I mean, there's momentum like that. It's crazy. But again, you do have to rely on Jimmy Butler. He's pretty much scoring a minimum of 27. Because, I mean, when he scores 25, they lost. So I think that having that for sure is um, important. But again, you got to got to have that other guy to help him out. I mean, Gabe Vincent helped out huge last night. He had 22. Um, and, you know, man, with Tower Hero being out, we'll see someone pop up in the rotation that no one will expect or that, you know, they don't have a game plan for, and then they drop 30 in one game, and that's the only game that will matter enough to get the momentum. We will just have to see. I think that, well, if you... Technically, by trend wise, a team, a one, if if an eight seed beats a one in the East, they make it to the finals. One of one for the Knicks. And if you're an eight beating a one in the West, you're getting bounced second round. Does that have anything to do? No, clearly not. I mean, there's just not enough data out there. 
Um, but the Vax only happened one time in the East and three times in the West. Kind of crazy to me. Now it's two in the East, so now we're kind of back on nearing level ground. Not that, you know, the, they're going to be able to do it that much sooner. They might. I don't know. It's completely different from March Madness. In March Madness, a a seed, a low seed beating a high seed, they can tie up a matchup pretty easily just because there's four of the same seed. When it, when you're going like, oh well, now the the East there's been two uh, eight eights winning over ones in the East and only and three in the West. Now that that second time happened this year, we have to. You can't just do it. You can't just hope. Oh, maybe another eight seed will win again. No, like you have to wait another year or longer to see that. And you know the West can get ahead. I don't know. It's just uh, one of those things where can the Heat make it? Yes. Are do they have the longevity? To do it, I don't know. They're kind of on the older side. If I'll pull up the roster. Uh, Miami Heat. Can we go back to Miami Floridians? I just want to see like all the old ABA teams in. Thank you. Um, the Heat for 2023. So... Guys like Struss and Adebayo, three and five years in the league. Gabe Vincent's three years in the league. Same with Hero. Jimmy Butler's been in the league 11 years. Uh, Kyle Lowry has been for 16. Oladipo's out, but he's been there for nine. Duncan Robinson has been there for four. Kevin Love's been in the league for 14 years. Um, Cody Zeller with nine. Uh, Udonis Haslam takes some cake. I mean, he's got 19 years in the NBA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Again, like, I thought he would have retired, like, I don't know, 2015, 16. But, no, he stuck it out to 2023. Yeah, you know, maybe he's just going for that 20th year. I don't know. I don't know what his contract situation is. I mean, I bet the Heat are willing to give him a veteran minimum for sure. Because um, I really don't know anyone else that would want you Don's has. I mean, he's only been with the Heat. And, I mean, his first, well, his first professional year wasn't even in the NBA. He played in France. The best Udonis Haslam has ever done is 12 points a game in 07-08. And ever since then, he's only had one year at double figures. Almost two. 09 and 10, he averaged 9.9 points per game. 2023, he's averaging 3.9 points per game. I mean, he's only played seven games, though. He started one, which is crazy. But, yeah. With the Heat, it's just... A matter of how it's fragility. We've seen a ton of fragility this year in the playoffs. Um, De'Aaron Fox with his finger. John Morant with his hand. Giannis with his back. Tyler Hero with his finger. Kawhi with his knee. 
Joel Embiid with his knee. I feel like I'm missing some. I probably am. But it's just like so many injuries have happened. And with Heat being a little older, you know, they their backups and their role players are younger. But Jimmy Butler, if you lose him, you're done. You just are. There's just no other way around it. You are. He's willed you so far. And, you know, then after that, you're going to have to rely on Bam. And, I mean, I love Bam. I mean, he's a really, he's a good player, but he's, is he a number one option? No, not at all. He does best in that number two. Um, If Hero comes back in time, maybe, but, you know, he broke his hand, so I don't know the timetable on that. Kyle Lowry, 16 years in the NBA, is liable to break down at some point. Maybe not in the playoffs, but at some point. Kevin Love has already been kind of broken down. You know, he's had that, he's had a couple injuries. Like, I think he had a back injury, a knee, shoulder got pulled out of his socket, but is that really his fault? Um, but yeah, he's just been in and out. And, you know, now he's out of Cleveland. Maybe he'll be better in Miami. I don't know. But if those guys, if guys like that go down, you're not going to make it far. So we'll have to see. Playoffs have been extremely exciting so far. I love the I love the Suns Clippers uh, matchup. I know it's over, but I loved it a lot. Kings Warriors Warriors took the lead. They stole a game at home. I mean, away. So Warriors will probably take that one. Even Grizzlies Lakers, the whole. The whole Dylan Brooks thing is just, I don't know, trying to incite something that isn't there. I mean, it's an old school kind of tactic. I think Reggie Miller saying that, like, that's something he would kind of do, but Reggie had game. So, like, the I see the vision behind it, but he's got to have that game with him also. And then LeBron... Everyone's saying like, well, LeBron should be dropping forty. He, if he if he responds, then he stoops down to Brooks's level, and that's something LeBron should never do. Uh, Bucks, he, I mean, obviously made history. <laughs> um, Cavs, Knicks. I was disappointed by the Cavs, but you know, the Knicks taking Game One really hurt them. They had to go into the Garden and win, and it just was. <laughs> you can't win too much in the Garden against the Knicks. In the playoffs, I will say. In off years, you can go into the garden and win easily. Uh, Sixers-Nets. Did we really expect anything else but the Sixers to win in that one? Celtics-Hawks. Bunch of drama going on, but I mean, the Celtics move on. Oh, actually, no, they haven't. No, they, <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot about the whole... I've, God. I forgot about the Trey Young shot. So, the Hawks, Celtics, I think they play... Tomorrow, if I can find schedule, NBA playoffs to yeah today as the day I'm recording this eight thirty, uh, the same day as the Janet Jackson concert. So if you're in Atlanta, I mean have a good time. <laughs> oh man, I'm so they had to postpone that Janet Jackson concert, right? I mean, if you saw it, 
State Farm Arena. Everyone's saying that the Hawks made the decision, but you know, with State Farm Arena uh, booked Janet Jackson for, I think today. Uh, and you know, it was like game six, if necessary. And then Janet Jackson. So you have to postpone Janet Jackson, right? But maybe a a day, just a day. I don't know. And that's some of those things with like managing like facilities. Like you have to take care of the team, but also you need to, it's in your best interest. So like you book a concert like that, but then you know, you have a basketball game at the same time, but it's a playoff game. It's an if necessary playoff game. So that's an empty night if they don't make it, but if they do make it, you're good. So you kind of have to do it. It's, it's complicated. And it's something that I praise all the people that do that because I mean, the hoops you have to jump through and the amount of schedules you have to line up is mind boggling to me. So yeah, we got Celtics Hawks. Gonna be a good one. It's it might be the only one tonight. Yeah, it's the only one tonight. And then we got Kings Warriors and Grizzlies Lakers on Friday. So those will be good ones as always. I like how Kings Warriors is earlier in the day. Get that one because I like that. I like to watch that one better than Grizzlies Lakers. They've been they've both been fun, but you know that Kings that Kings Warriors what is great. So, with that being said, that will be it for this week. I just want to thank you for listening. Um, Not sure what the topic will be next week. We're going to be playing it by ear. Uh, Next week is my finals week, but I'm done on Tuesday. So, I will definitely be in here to record on probably Thursday. Have that out to you on Friday. So, um, yeah, that will, again, that will be it for this week. Just be sure to follow me on Twitter, at DFR00, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.